and we're here. Hey, man, I'm so glad to be here with you, and uh, we're we're going to record another another episode, and I love doing this with you. Absolutely, I'm yeah. excited. So we should start formally. Here we go. Welcome, everyone, to the Real Investing Show, the show where we talk about all things real estate investing related. My name is Stephen Earp, and I am with my co-host, the great Taylor Davis. Man, it's so good to see you again. Good to see you, man. I'm ready to I'm ready to do this thing. I know. And just in case anyone knows, we tried to start this one several times, and uh, then we just got to laughing. And so, so we're in a good mood. We are. We're in a good mood. And this one is not actually live. We normally record live. Where we wouldn't be able to restart it. Where we can't restart. (laughs) But this time, we did not record live, and we restarted. Well, and what's so funny is like, what threw us off is the thing that we do every time. Yeah. But we were conscious about doing it this time, and it just threw things off. It was just, all right, here we are. so crazy. So crazy. So Hey. This is an exciting episode for you because okay. we're going to talk about a, a project that you're going through right now, and I'm learning things. Uh, you were so all right. So yeah. off air, you were telling me, um, yeah. and the reason we jumped in and we're like, "Hey, let's record this podcast," is yeah. you were telling me some exciting things that are going on in your world right now with your yeah. son and yeah. you. And so, uh, tell us about it. Yeah, sure. So first of all, I. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I have uh, I have five kids, and they're all adult, varied degrees of adulthood, right? So my oldest is 29, my youngest is 21 as of tomorrow, and uh, so, uh, but my my oldest son is getting married this week. At the recording of this, he's getting married this week, and we've been trying to. And he's military; just got back from Iraq, and. So he qualifies for a VA loan and, and stuff like that. So uh, t- 23 years old, about to get married, been in the military almost six years. And uh, and so we've been trying to find him a house. And he's like, he approached me a year ago. He's like, dad, can you help me find a house? He's been saving money and, and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, I'm the real estate investor guy. And so like, of course, I should help my kids get into a house. You know what I mean? Right. And so I said, sure, sure. We'll keep the lookout. And of so, course, you went down the most traditional path, right? Like, oh yeah, you just bought. Not, you went and you you saw like yeah. a house on the market down the street, and, <laughs> right? Yeah, not even, not even <laughs> close. So this house uh, that we, we we found, and maybe should I tell how we found it or go for it? Yeah. So we have someone. We have a virtual assistant that does nothing but make calls for us full time, and uh, and then we also have we run Facebook ads in order to find leads of motivated sellers. And so, um, so this lead came in, uh, and I was actually responding myself this particular day, but we had this lead come in and it's in our town in our city. Now I'm more motivated. My son and, and soon to be daughter-in-law gave me a range. I want to live in this kind of area, but it's in my best interest if he lives really close. So (laughs) I saw this deal come up and it was in my town. And I, you know, I partner with my son-in-law and my daughter on a lot of rehabs and wholesales and flips. And, and so I sent this over to them. I said, Hey, I just looked at this house and I think it's perfect for John Mark. And, uh, that's, that's my son. 
And they said, yeah, well, the problem with it was, I mean, it was about 1,350 square feet, three bed, two bath, a great starter house, um, you know, brick. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, the value, the, the, the finished value was in probably the 185 range, um, maybe, maybe 180, but we, you know, you would expect to see that if it was listed on the MLS. The problem with the house is it needed a few things. So the seller was motivated. The seller did not want to deal with the realtors. And I don't know if you know this, Taylor, I don't want to break your heart, but some people really hate realtors. I don't know why. So yeah, realtors are usually like in a lot of people's mind, like it's like lawyer, yeah, used car salesman. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, pastors are in there somewhere too. Like I was a pastor <laughs> for years. But he was like, I don't want to deal with a real estate agent and I don't want people. And he, and, and I never ask. I'm like, Oh, I totally get that. When they say that, I'm like, yeah, of course you don't want to deal with a real estate agent. <laughs> Works. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, actually that's not true. Sometimes I do refer uh, people to agents, but I got one this yeah, week. You did. Yeah. Did you get that listing? Uh, we're working on it. Yeah. She was okay, sick good. this weekend, but yeah, it's, it's going to happen. Right. So. Okay, good, good. I'm glad. So, uh, so anyway, uh, the house, he was like, I, it needed some work, needed floors, needed paint, needed a few cosmetic really. And there were a few peculiar things with the cabinets, but I mean, it's a solid bread and butter house. Yeah. And he wanted, we got it under contract to buy it for 127.5. Okay. 127.5. Structurally sound. Yeah. Like phys like functionally sound needs yep. needs updating it probably has some of the things that va wouldn't allow right okay yep has had two, two broken windows yep the va is real strict on even those yep. little things like no peeling <laughs> paint no broken yep. windows nothing like that no it has to have flooring like you, you can't be missing any flooring anywhere right so it doesn't right. really work on first glance right and yeah, a couple of the floors didn't have flooring at all. Like two of the bedrooms didn't have flooring at all. Okay. And that, that looks real bad. But to me, it's better than having bad flooring. Yeah, you don't have to take it out. Exactly. I don't have to pay $2 a square foot for you to remove this. Right. So yeah, so we uh, we got it under contract for 127.5. And I was like, okay, how can I get my son into this house with a, either a VA loan or a conventional loan? And we also needed to do the work on it. Right. And it probably like on a retail, it probably needs fifteen to twenty thousand dollars worth of cosmetic work. But okay. you know, we being involved in investing, you know, you get things for, for less and we know how to buy things and we can be our own general contractor. You know, probably it's eight thousand, nine thousand dollars worth of work, maybe, um, okay. mostly cosmetic okay. stuff. And then the house probably would legitimately appraise for one eighty conservatively. So we tried to work to see if, because um, I wanted them to be able to get into it with as little money down as possible. And, you know, I'm the creative finance guy. So it's like, right. I ought to be able to work this out for my son. So we tried to work it out with a VA loan. Like, how can we get him into a VA loan? Like, can I, maybe I can do the work in advance. And um, yep, and that that. Didn't, yep, and that didn't work. Maybe they can sell it. Maybe we can, uh, maybe we can put the property under contract and then do an assignment fee. Um, and no, that wouldn't work for the. Uh, can't do that. 
Yeah, at least our our lender wouldn't fig, couldn't figure it out. And this is uh, at this point, I was kind of, I was like, maybe maybe you could do a double closing, right? Yeah, right. we're like, and then there are seasoning issues with the double closing and, and the can't title, do that. and the title company didn't like that. And then so then we tried, so we tried, we exhausted the possibilities on VA. We tried to do conventional, um, nothing worked. So we found an amazing way to make it work. Would you like to know about it? This is the part that we were talking about off air that I was really excited about. And I was like, we got to put this in the podcast because yeah. I think so many people stop right here and they go, ah, didn't, it doesn't yeah. work. We'll have to, we'll have to go, you know, not on this one. Yeah. And you went and did what? Okay. So first of all, just a mindset thing. You guys should never ask, can this be done? What question Go ahead, Taylor. What is it? How can this be done? Yes, that's the question. That's the question you ask the title companies. That's the question you ask the lenders. That's the question you ask everyone. That's the question you ask the sellers. How can we get this done? That's the question you ask yourself. Yes, yes. You have to assume you can do it. <coughs> Not only so, do you have to assume you can do it, you've got to remind, like, we have to remember there's this, like, giant subconscious sitting in our brain constantly yeah. working that we have no yeah. intentional control over and I if know. we say can this be done or i wonder if this could be done it doesn't go to work for us but the yeah. second you go how can this be done it goes well i've got to start finding answers for how this is going to happen because he's asking for it i know right. and man no i well and do you know what it's easier for people to say no than yes oh absolutely so much easier it's easier for me to say no than yes, yes. and i like to i like to say yes yeah. But like, so that's why it's like even things like asking the question, um, you know, would you be opposed to this? Then people say, no, I'm not opposed to it. Whether and if you say, are you for this? And they say, no, I'm not for it. So it's like they 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 want to say no. No feels safe and comfortable. And we yes. need that. Yes, we do. We need to be safe and comfortable. So I, we kept asking, how can this work? So we ended up. I. We had some, I kept asking that question. And one of the parties involved mentioned another lender of a local bank that I had not talked to and had not met. And here's the beauty of working with local banks or regional banks. If you're working with local and regional banks and you're not doing like FHA, VA, or conventional loan, they make their own rules. Right. They can do anything they want to do. If they want to... Yeah. This can often be referred to as in-house lending or commercial yes. lending or <coughs> because it's it is the local bank that's lending you this, not the investors that are yes. selling the 30-year fixed rate mortgages and all of that. It's not those investors that are that are servicing it. It is the bank that you go to that is saying, here's our money. You can have it under these terms. Yeah. And it's way better than hard money because a hard money loan is usually super high interest rate and not very good terms. And they a lot of times they don't want to give you money for fixing it up and things like that. And real quick, so, what a hard money is, is usually a private lend lender or a private entity, like an, maybe an individual or a small group of people that yes. have capital and they're renting it or they're, they're lending you the money and they're doing it in a way that they're making a high return. Maybe that's 10, 12, 14, 16 percent. And mm -hmm. they're lending on the deal, not on the individual. Correct? Yeah. Yes, that is a hard money loan. Yes, okay. that's a hard money loan. So hard money loans are available in most cities in the country. It's individuals or groups of people, and they'll lend based on the deal most of the time. 
but the, but usually the terms are terrible. I mean, it's usually 15% interest or something like that. So a local bank or a local credit union is a, is a great option. So I called this lender and here's the way the product works, this loan product they have. And this is how we got into a rehab house with zero money down. So we, I contact him and what he has is he has what he calls a rehab loan. And I've talked to other banks that have a same, the same thing. And in this rehab loan, they will loan money as long as the, lend, the borrower has at least a 650 credit score and your debt to income ratio works out. They will loan up to 80% of the final fixed appraised value of the house. So in this case, was yeah. you said 180, 185 is yes. where you expect to see that coming in at? Yes. So uh, real, I mean, so, so then you're, yeah, you're, you're looking at 20 per or, or 80% of 180, uh, $144,000 is what they're willing to lend. Yes. 144,000. Okay. So at, let me see, let me do the actual math on it. 180 is 1, yeah, 144. You already did the math. Perfect. Yes. 144. So if it comes in at 180, the appraisal, You've got it under contract at 127.5, right? Yeah, 127.5. So in other words, when we close on this house, it's going to get 127.5. They're going to take, they will, the, they're going to pay off the seller, 127.5. And they're going to take the extra, what is it? $16,500. $16,500. And they're going to set that aside. And we're going to be able to take draws on that as we do the repairs to the house. So Plus, you're gonna, you go in, you're going to put $16,000 into it. They're paying for that. Yes. John, John Mark comes out of pocket. Absolute zero. Zero. He now owes $144,000 yeah. on the house. Yes. And it appraised for 180 in this case. Yes. Yes. So at at that point, and in addition to that, I didn't tell you this, but as long as it doesn't go over 85%, they will roll all the closing costs into it as well. So, so you're, oh, and by the way, and, and for some of the listeners that maybe haven't done this before, closing costs can be a lot. I mean, they, yeah. they can add up. Yeah, and it can be $3,000 so, $4,000. Yeah, so you could, you could have several thousand dollars there. That could be rolled into it. So if you're able to keep your budget to twelve. Yes, he gets to walk in completely scot free to thirty five thousand dollars in equity. Yes, his payments less than a rental. Yep. And on this particular one, the payment is going to be interest only for twelve months to give him time to do the repairs. Right now, remember the repairs are probably only going to cost us seven or eight thousand dollars because some of the family members will jump in and help with that. So there'll be additional money there that he doesn't have to tap into, but it's available if he needs it. So between now and the next 12 months, his payment will be somewhere in the eight fifty a month range, plus his taxes and insurance, which is way less than he could get for an apartment. And at that point, he'll be able to refinance the house into a conventional loan. I'm not sure how the VA works with that, but either VA or conventional or something. Um, you know, at the end of 12 months. So walk into the deal. The bank is giving the money for the rehab. The bank paid off the whole thing. We're walking into it. Zero money out of pocket. 
do the repairs while they're living in it, paying an interest only payment for the first year, then refinance it into permanent 30 year long. Even yeah. it's 2022. The market's way too high. You can't do that anymore. Interest rates. Right. They're so high. The market, what's going on? I know. Do you know what the thing is? Every market, there's always a reason to, to not do something. Can there's I use a, always a reason to yeah. say no. Can I give you a Bible pet metaphor? Like I'm not yes, pastoring anymore. So sometimes they just come to me. There's a story in the old Testament where, um, 12 spies were sent into the land mm -hmm. in the, this other land. They were going to conquer this land and, and it was God's people. And, and so 12 spies were sent into the land and 10 of them saw the, the land and they were like, man, the grapes are huge. And these people are great, big people. There are giants in the land. We're going to look like grasshoppers to them. And oh my gosh, it's terrible. And the two guys, Joshua and Caleb came back and said, you know what? It's awesome. These people are awesome, but the land is flowing with milk and honey and we can definitely take this. Um, you know, we've got God on our side. So it's like all throughout history, all, every culture, every generation, every family, it's mostly negative people and one or two people that see the actual possibility in things. And, and so and yeah. what you focus on expands. Yeah. If you if you expect to find a deal, guess what? You're more you're likely find to find a deal. Yeah, there yeah. are deals in and every market. And if you're looking <laughs> for the thing that could yeah. bust a deal, the deal is going to bust. If you're oh, looking yeah. for a reason to not do it, I know. If yeah, if you're looking for the thing that that could go wrong, you'll always find it. Yep. So I like this market, Taylor. People talk about this market right now, um, and we're recording this in. Uh, September, September 10th. Yep, we're recording this. And like, people are scared about the market. Interest rates have more than doubled in the last six or eight months, nine months. And the market is cooling off. There's starting to be some media come in that's, that uses words like crash or things like that. It's not reality. But every real investor I know is like salivating right now. Oh, Be yes. Because... Because when the media starts saying, well, things are going to cool off, it's looking real dangerous for real estate. Every article that comes out, we're able to find more deals. There's more deals out there because fewer people want to buy them. Well, this, yeah. You want to know what I find really interesting? What? Buyers don't buy in a buyer's market. Interesting. That is the dumbest. Like, think about it. Like, if I were to say, hey, now's a really good time to go buy TVs because they're cheap. Yeah. You'd go buy a TV. Buy a TV, yeah. Right? No, no. But literally by the definition of what we call it a buyer's market, that means they're not buying. It's like it's a in a seller's no. market, that's when they're buying. Buyers are like, yeah. "Oh, you know, prices are up right now. Let's go buy." Like, yeah, yeah. That's it, so funny. I I've never really considered that, but I'm I'm listening to you and I'm thinking this is almost exasperation from the point from coming from a guy who leads a large team of real estate agents. Oh like, yeah. Like people, this is the time to buy when the market's starting to cool off and houses aren't selling as fast. Like this is the time to actually go buy. And I, I personally think it's going to get better over the next 30, 60, 90 days. So I, I like it. There there's an all, when is the best time to buy real estate? Well, 
a hundred years ago is the best time. Yeah. And the second and best time is yesterday. Right time. But the third best time is right now today. Right and, now. Yeah. Because, you know, whatever, whatever you buy right now in 30 years, it's going to be worth double, triple, quadruple, 10 times more. Okay, so, okay. yeah. And I've, I think I've even said this on this <coughs> podcast, but like yeah. you look at the numbers. Yeah. Nationwide. Right. Yeah. Of the worst historical crash we've ever had. Yeah. The worst historical crash we've ever had was in 2000, like the hit the bottom in 2008, right? 2005 right. was the top of the market. Six, it started to soften. Eight, it crashes to the bottom. We're in yep. a massive recess, recession overall. Right. Here's the interesting thing. When you look at the average price point from 2005, to 2013, uh, it was fully recovered in the mm. worst historical crash we've ever seen. And huh. since then, it's nearly doubled. So yeah. if you were just to hold, yeah. if you were to buy at the worst possible at time, which is in 2005, mm -hmm. and you're, you're not only not including debt pay down or anything else, and you just still had it today, you've doubled. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just one of these things like people are like, oh, the market, the market. Yes, I, I, there is wisdom in being thoughtful, making sure you're buying right. Yet you can buy right in all markets. Yes. And I and bought every more market, properties yeah. in, the, in the height of the last two years because yeah. I was able to buy them right and take advantage of some of those interest rates, which was great. Uh, and, and, and that has escalated where I am today, even though I'm buying in a, in the highest prices I've ever seen. Right. Like, yeah, you know, man, anyway. every market, just to be clear, dear listener, you can find real estate deals in every market everywhere. It's just in how you find them, how you negotiate them, what kind of terms you work out. There always are deals out there. You just have to go do it. And don't quit. And don't listen to people that say it's too dangerous. That's not who you want to be listening to. So uh, be careful. It's exactly 100% right. Because had yeah. you listened in this scenario that you talked about today with, with this uh, house that you bought, had yeah. you listened to the 10 instead of the two, right? Yeah. If you'd listened to the, the, the majority, you wouldn't have found the opportunity, right? You wouldn't have been able to, to make this deal work under the conditions that you needed. Right. Yet... Why did you make it work? Well, you asked the right questions and you kept asking the right questions and you sought the advice of someone mm -hmm. that would get you to where you wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And I always ask when I'm talking to someone, because we're looking for people that need to sell or really, really, really want to sell, not people that just would like to sell and get the highest price. And so I'm not trying to convince someone to sell. I'm not like offering low, I'm not lowballing people at all. I'm, I'm just trying to find the person that for some reason he or she is in a situation. You know what? That's what we buy when we're buying deals. We're really buying a situation. That's you're buying. It's like this person, you know, the, their, their family member died. They need to get rid of the house relatively quickly so they can pay taxes or whatever. That's a situation. It's not the house you're buying. It's a situation. Right. In this guy's case, he somehow he had some kind of an aversion to, uh, real estate agents. He didn't want to deal with them and he didn't want people walking in and out of his house. 
you're fixing like, someone's problem, right? That's yeah. what you're doing. You're, you're walking into someone's problem and you're their solution. <laughs> he didn't yep. want people coming in and he yep. didn't want uh, yeah. you know, a real estate agent. Well, yeah, and he, and he didn't want to and he didn't want to fix the stuff in his house. So, right. you know how much I negotiated that price? Zero. Like he gave me the price and the that's price what I and you said, yeah, that works. I said, yep, do it. Yep. Well, that's and, and here's right. a here's a mindset piece cuz some yep. people really think that investors are bottom feeders. They're 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 taking mm. advantage of people. And and I believe that there are some out there that do. I think so too, yeah. Um yeah. and and yet you can do this absolutely above board and absolutely have integrity while you're doing this. I've yes. never told someone that their house was worth less than I really thought it was. Agreed. Um, but so many people that have that mindset that, that real estate investors are bottom feeders, they're coming from the perspective of what's important to them. What's important to them is getting the most money out of their house. So they assume that that's what's important to everybody. And that is not the case. In this mm -hmm. case, this guy right. knows he, he could get more if he went right. with a real estate agent, if he let yep. people walk through his house, if he did some work, but he doesn't want to. And that's okay. That's his situation. You yeah. solved the problem. Yeah. He told me that. And he told me the com comparable sales and the value. And he was right. Like a lot of times people don't know the value of their property. But th that's something else about it too, Taylor, is like people have this idea that um, investors are bottom feeders and like trying to beat people up and taking advantage of them. But most investors I know are looking for something very specific. You know, we call it the buy box. You know what you're looking for. These are the parameters we're looking for. And we're just looking for the deal that fits into that. And if it doesn't fit into that, we just openly tell people. And that that uh, we recently referred, uh, you know, we mentioned it, referenced it earlier. Like we, I referred to listening to you. And when I was there looking at it, I was like, this is a good house. And I just told her, here was the conversation I had with her. The lady that we referred to you for the listing. I said, um, I would be glad to buy this, but you don't have to sell this at any kind of a discount. I'm an investor. I'm looking for a return on my money. And the market right now and this house and where it sits, you're not going to have to wait very long on the market at kind of this price range. And I said, I think you would do better if you were my sister, I would tell you to list the property with an agent you can trust and that has a proven track record. That's what I would do if I were you. And that's what I would tell you if you were my sister, don't sell the property to me and don't sell it to someone like me. And I said, now, if you decide you just want to sell this at a huge deep discount that you don't need to, and you just want to give away 40 or $50,000 worth of equity, definitely, hit me up first. Right. But if I were you, I wouldn't do that. I would do this. And she said, well, I don't know any realtors. And I said, well, and then I called you. So, um, but like this that's, guy. yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think that's the way most investors are. Most investors know what they're looking for. Right. Most investors I know don't do like the, the slimy thing where they crawl out from under, from the caves and they, you know, they have a club and they hit you over the head with it. Well, what can we do to make this deal today? Like, I don't know investors that do that. Maybe there are some, but there are, I'm sure there are, I've, I've come across some that I, it wouldn't surprise me if they were like that. They're yeah. not the most successful ones. The most no. successful ones are exactly what you are. In fact, the most successful ones get referrals from people they bought houses from. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah, I've totally. had referrals from people that I've bought a house from because I helped them solve their problem. Yeah. So, and honestly, true, truly, 
the slimy investors I've run into are more like the slumlord type. It's like they're usually trading or buying and selling in the D class of properties right. where it's like you're buying like cash for trash. You're you're taking advantage of people that, you know, that can't help themselves. They don't have representation. They don't. So like that's when I've seen actually because I was thinking I don't know investors that are like kind of shady, but there are some. But the ones that I have come across are are more in that, you know, super low in prop properties and stuff. Right. But, um, so, well, thank yeah. you for sharing this. I, I mean, like I've, I've used rehab loans, but I haven't used rehab loans that got you 0% down. So I, I love that. I learned something today and cool. uh, I, well, I thoroughly cool. enjoy you sharing that. Cool. That makes me feel good, man. Thanks for asking about it. So I'm excited and I'll, uh, I'll send you his, uh, his name and number if you want. So, all right. Hey, I, please do. By yeah. the way, if you're listening, connect with us. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you on our, we have, we're on all sorts of different platforms. You can reach out yeah. to, to us through the real investing show, or you can reach out to us individually on these platforms. Mm -hmm. uh, ask us. And here's what I really want. Tell me how you took action this week to move forward. So many people mm -hmm. listen and learn mm -hmm. for learning sake, and they never learn for action's sake. Do something this week. That's going to move you forward. Amen to that. Don't be an information junkie. Be a take action, action junkie. junkie. Yeah, very good. Taylor, thanks for asking the questions, man. Thanks for doing this podcast. Thanks for investing with me. I love you, bro. All right. See you next week. Thank you guys so much for uh, watching The Real Investing Show. Please like, comment, and share. Tell your friends about this podcast. Send us your questions. Let us know how we can help you out. Thanks a lot.